And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. Welcome back to another episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm glad you chose to join me once again, and I am excited for the topic we will be discussing today. As I mentioned in yesterday's episode, we're going to be starting a new, I guess you could refer to it as a mini-series, and it's going to run over the next three weeks and dealing with predominantly the same subject, but really subjects within that subject. And so I think you're going to enjoy it because I think it's something that's needed. I think it's something that is truly needed, and the reality is this subject is the rise and fall of your Christianity. This subject is the rise and fall of your Christianity. And I'm excited to talk about that this morning. Hope you're doing well today. Hope your day has started off the right way. I hope you spent your time with the Lord. And I tell you what, we serve an awesome God, don't we? We serve a God who is so good, who provides eternal blessings to us that You know, we don't even deserve. We do not deserve this amazing God we get to serve. But I tell you what, there is no better life than serving God. There is no better life than serving God. So I hope you're having a great morning so far, and let's jump into our talk this morning. What is the rise and fall of your Christianity? Well, I kind of already mentioned it because it's what you should start your day out with. It's your devotional walk with the Lord. Your time with the Lord, how you spend that time, how consistent you are with that walk with the Lord will will determine whether or not you will make it as a Christian. It truly is. Your devotional time with the Lord is truly the rise and fall of your Christianity. Typically, if I have a if I have somebody struggling, and of course I'm the I'm the youth director here at my church, and so if I have a teen struggling with an attitude or a bad spirit or anything rebellious, you know what it typically comes down to? I would say at least ninety nine percent of the time, it comes down to their walk with the Lord. The most dangerous thing you can do, listen closely, the most dangerous thing you can do for your spiritual health is to not have a personal walk with God. You will not make it. In just a year, two years, you will be off the scene. You will be out of church. You will no longer be serving God. That is how important your devotional time with the Lord is. If you don't get that right, you will die spiritually because you have not been eating. You have not been eating. You have not been talking with your father. Your devotional time is so important. So over the next three weeks, we're going to break down our devotional time into three different areas that I want to talk with you about. And I think they're all going to be needful. I think they're all going to be important. And so today we're going to talk about the necessity of devotions, Bible time. The necessity of devotions, Bible time. 
And so we're going to talk about how you can get back on track, how you can hit the refresh button on your devotions, some simple tips for devotions, some things that I use, some things I do, and some things I think that would be wise for you to implement within your Bible time, within your devotional walk with the Lord. So obviously, next week we're going to talk about the necessity of devotions, prayer time. And then the third week, we're going to talk about the necessity of devotions and come back the third week, and you'll find out what time we're going to talk about that within our devotional time. But this morning, let's jump right into Bible time. Right into Bible time. Now, reading the Bible is so vital, it's so important, because this is the area where God speaks to you. It is, after all, you taking the letter that God has written to you, sitting down with it, and God speaks to you in this portion of your devotions. It's where He gives you the directive for your day. It's where He'll reveal new things out of His Word to you. And so it's so important, and not only that, but it is literally our spiritual food. The Bible talks about, Paul talks about being the milk of the Word and the meat of the Word. He talks about how it's our spiritual food, and it's so vital. If you want to live, if you want to have a healthy Christian life, then you need the meals that God's Word can spiritually provide you. That's how important the Bible is. But the sad reality is so many, so many, Independent Baptists, all right? I'm an independent Baptist, so I like especially to look at the stats about independent Baptists. So many independent Baptists don't even read the Bible as much as they should, or even as much as they could. According to the PewForum.org research data, only 50% or 57% of independent fundamental Baptists read their Bible at least once a week. Only 57%. Here were the other ratings. 12% said once or twice a month. 7% said several times a year. And 23%, listen to me, 23% said seldom or never. Seldom or never do they read the Word of God. You know what they are? They are dying or already dead Christians. Seldom or never. Wow. How sad it is that people take their personal time with God and they don't even use it. Hear God, you're, you're saved. You're, 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 and now you're a child of God. You're, you have a heavenly Father and He just simply wants to spend time with you. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to talk to you, but you don't even take time to meet with Him on a daily basis. How sad that is. Put it in this perspective. Take your dad. Now, um, for some of you, you may not have a great relationship with your father, but let's imagine that you have a wonderful relationship with your father. You have a wonderful father. But then one morning you wake up and you decide, I'm not going to talk to him today. And so for that day, you don't talk to him. And then the next day, you don't talk to him. And then the third day, well, you spend about two minutes talking to him. And then the next day, you don't. 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 You know what will happen with that great relationship with you had with your father? It will cease to exist. Why? Because you're not talking anymore. You're not talking anymore. And the same is the way with God. He is your spiritual father. If you are saved, 
He is your spiritual father, and he simply wants to talk with you and have a conversation with you. God wants to talk with you. How incredible is that thought? God wants to talk with you. And so Bible time is so important and so valuable to our Christian life. So let's talk about some things that we need to implement into our Bible time so we can truly either hit the refresh button or renew some things or just take a look at our devotional life and put it into the right and proper place that it should have in our lives. Here's the first thing. The first thing you need to do is to follow a plan. Follow a plan. You've heard the statement before, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. You need to follow a plan for your Bible reading time. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but people often ask, how long should my devotions be? How long should I read my Bible for? And the correct answer is, not how many chapters you've read and not in a length of time, but if you can walk away saying that you met with the Lord this morning, that he gave you something out of his word, that is how you know when you've spent long enough in your devotions. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer in, in the importance of having a Bible reading plan. Following a plan for your Bible reading. Now, there are lots of different plans. For instance, there's the one-year plan, where your goal is just to read the Bible through in a year. And basically, that comes out to about four chapters a day, and you just read three to four chapters a day, and you'll have the entire Bible finished in one year. And that's a very common plan, is just to start in Genesis, read four chapters. All right, so there's that plan. How about number two? You've got the chronological plan. I love the chronological plan. It follows a historical timeline through the Bible. So it's still about four chapters a day, but you do it in chronological order. So you'll start with the um, creation act in Genesis, where God created the world in seven literal days, seven 24-hour periods with no gap between Genesis 1 and 2. And uh, that's a subject for a different time, and we will have something on that. But a seven, a seven literal 24-hour period where God created the world. You'll start off with that, and then you go over to Job, one of the earliest, if not the earliest, book written in the Bible. And uh, you read through that, and it's just amazing putting it all in order. So when you go through Kings and, and Chronicles, it actually puts the prophets where they should be within those timelines. And it's just, I love reading the chronological plan. Then you've got the blended plan. The blended plan is another great plan where you read portions of both the Old Testament and the New Testament every single day. And so one day you might read some in Psalms and some in Luke, some in, some in Genesis, some in Revelation. And uh, I love the blended plan as well, a phenomenal plan. It, it just helps to spice it up a little bit, get you out of a rut. And then there's other plans as well. A great resource for that is going to Blue Letter Bible. If you just go to Google and type in Blue Letter Bible, Bible reading plans. They will give you a whole bunch of plans that you can follow. And really, if you have the app, which I recommend, I have the Blue Letter Bible app on my phone. And they've got a lot of great study tools on there. And it's available for you to have right on your phone. So it makes it very accessible. But you can go in in the app and you can actually sign up for it and check off every single day what you've read. And it's just a good way to follow your plan. So there's a good resource. There will be a link below in the description for the Blue Letter Bible, and so you can get to those reading plans. So get a plan and stick to it. Stick to it. That means if you met with God in the very first verse, you could, in theory, 
You know, from what I've said, you could, in theory, just shut your Bible and be done for the day. But I really encourage you to stick to a plan. Be on a plan, follow a plan, and just make sure that you're spending the adequate amount of time with God. Even though you may have met with Him, make sure to follow a plan. It's really a good idea to do that. The next thing is let God talk to you. Let God talk to you. I have seen way too many Christians fall into the trap of believing that they need a commentary or study notes to get something out of God's Word. It is a trap, it is a lie of Satan, and he is exuberant if he can get you to believe that you can't understand the Word of God and you need someone else to tell you what it means. Now, is there anything inherently wrong with consulting a commentary or your study notes or a, you know, one of those 365 devotional guides? Not necessarily. But here is the danger. I've never, never seen a commentary where every single note was perfect and biblical. Never seen it. And I doubt I ever will. Study notes can sometimes be dangerous in the fact that many will begin to read their study notes more than they actually read the Word of God. Devotionals can typically draw you into the rut of allowing your devotional author to determine the time and outcome of your devotions rather than God. And of course, there's always the bad teaching, the possibility rather, of bad teaching or bad doctrine that could affect your doctrinal beliefs through all three of them. So realize this, I'm not completely against using a commentary. I'm not completely against using the study notes in your Bible. I'm not completely against even going through a daily devotional. Here's what I am against. I am against those taking place of a true devotional time where you simply spend that time with God. That is what I'm against. In my opinion, all right, this is my opinion, and you're listening to my podcast, so in my opinion, they, commentaries, devotional guides, study notes, I believe they should be rarely used within your devotional time. You can use them more in your study time, which, by the way, is going to be a little bit separate than your reading time, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I believe your, the commentary, the study notes, and the devotional guide should be used more in the study than in the reading of God's Word. And so here's my recommendation. Put away everything. Grab your Bible, a pen, a notebook, and a dictionary. And really, that's all you need. And the reason a dictionary is a good idea is because you will come across words that you aren't sure of their true definition. And so what you'll want to do is you'll want to look them up and define them. Most of them can be understood just by reading them in their context. Um, For instance, in Isaiah 14.23, I believe it is, the word besom. The word besom. God makes the statement, I will sweep it with the besom of destruction. Now, most of us don't know what a besom is, but if you read it in context, he says, I will sweep it with the besom. What would it be? Well, yeah, it would be a broom. God is using an analogy. I'm going to sweep them up with a broom of destruction. It's just an old word for broom. And so you understood it by context. We don't have to necessarily go to a dictionary and look it up. But the important thing is you have a dictionary there with you. That way you can look things up and you can define them out of the Word of God. You can define those words and understand their true meaning. So here's what my recommendation is. Before you read, ask God. Ask God, say, Lord, your word is so amazing. 
it is so deep, it is so profound, but Lord, I don't want to rely on another person or another book to show me the truths of your word. God, I want you to be my commentator. I want you to be my study guide. I want you to be my devotional author. And if you open your word to me and show me its truths, I will be faithful to meet with you and to obey your word. My challenge to you is is to let God teach you things out of his word for himself. You don't have to rely on the commentary. You don't have to rely on the study guide. You don't have to rely on the devotional author. Simply tell God, God, I want you to show me things out of your word. And if you give God that opportunity, he absolutely will. So grab a pen, grab a highlighter, grab a notebook, grab, uh, get ready to write in the margins of your Bible because God will start showing you things out of his word that you would have never seen before. My wife, Tabitha, she was reading in the Minor Prophets. And, you know, for those of you who have read the entire Bible, you know that the Minor Prophets aren't necessarily the most easy passages to read. They're a little bit difficult to understand. And so my wife, Tabitha, she was reading through them, and she was consulting some commentaries just to get a little bit more of an understanding. And she she came to me one morning, and she said, you know, I'm struggling a little bit because every time I go to a commentary, they all say something different. And by the way, that's that's a reality of commentaries. But anyway, she said they all say something different. You know, they don't even agree all the, all the time on the date that they were written, which, of course, are estimates. And she said, I just, I'm struggling with that a little bit. And so I told her, I said, you know what? I said, let me encourage you to do something. I said, put away the commentaries and just ask God to show you something. And she did that. And you know what? She has the most amazing discoveries out of the minor prophets that I have ever heard. She's sharing stuff with me that I've never seen before, but you know who her commentator is? You know who her her study guide is? You know who her devotional author is? It's God. And God is showing her things that she has never seen out of the minor prophets before and things that absolutely amaze me when she talks to me about them. So in connection with reading God's Word and understanding it, some have come to me and said, you know, I get to the end of my reading, and I don't remember everything I read. I remember one or two things, and that's it. Here's what I tell them. If God gave you a thought for the day, then that's what you need for that day. But number two, remember, what is the Word of God? Well, it's our spiritual food. So put it this way. What did you eat for dinner last Friday night? What did you eat for dinner the last Thursday night, last Wednesday night? Most people in general couldn't, couldn't tell me what they ate last Friday or last Thursday night. They don't remember, but here's the important thing. They're still here today because they ate something. And as you go through God's Word, you may not remember everything you read, but it's a necessity that you eat anyway because it is how you will keep your health up spiritually. I hope that makes sense to you. But as you go through, allow God to talk to you. Allow God to be your commentator. Allow God to be your study guide. Allow God to be your devotional author. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. The third thing we're going to talk about for making sure you set up a proper Bible time is to set a specific time to meet with God in His Word every day. Set a specific time. Keep that time. Keep it as an appointment with God. And so we always get into that question of morning versus night. 
Um, should you have your devotions in the morning or should you have them at nighttime? We find that David met with God both day and night, but I think the important part is meditation. I think meditation will answer the question for us. Joshua says in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, or actually it's God talking, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now this meditation, it isn't a Buddhist hum, you know, hum, it isn't that. Meditation as it's mentioned here, is simply a remembrance or a pondering of God's Word. It's simply remembering what God spoke to you about in your devotions and thinking about it throughout the day. I'll put it to you this way. What is our spiritual food? Well, it's God's Word. We've said that several times. It's God's Word. What kind of animal, though, are we often referred to as in the Bible? As far as a church, we're referred to as sheep. You know something interesting about sheep is they chew the cud. They not to be gross, but they burp back up their food and they chew it again. That is, in essence, meditation for us. We take the Word of God we have put into us, and throughout the day we bring it back up and think about it throughout the day, meditation. Now, here's the key. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. How are you going to meditate on the Word of God during the day if you didn't have your Bible time with Him in the morning? Well, it's impossible. It's impossible. Therefore, I think that the most important thing you can do to start your day off right is to have your personal devotions in the morning before anything else. Before anything else, have your personal devotions with God because it's something you need to meditate on during and throughout the day. So that'll give you a thought for your day. It'll give you a focus for your day. It'll give you an an objective for your day. Give you something to meditate on. The Bible says in Psalm 63, 1, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. And so I don't know. I don't know how. If you have a relationship with God, I don't really know how you could go the whole day anyway without meeting with him until night. I have to meet with God in the morning. And so I think it's important, though, no matter what, you set a personal time. You say, I will get up at da-da-da time, and I will meet with God, and I will have that time. For me, right now, it's about 540 545, when I finally get dressed, get ready, get out to the recliner, wherever I'm going to meet with God at, it's typically in my chair, and uh, that's right now is about my time. So set a time and stick to it. Now, we've only got a couple minutes left, so let's run through some final tips, and we're going to hurry through these. Number one, number one, determine to walk away with the thought for the day. Say, God, I want you to give me something that I can work on today. Take that thought and work on it. Take that thought and work on it. For me, something that I needed for my day today, I was reading in 2 Kings chapter 19. You've got Rabbishek is come from Assyria, and he is mocking um, God. He's mocking Judah for following God. And Hezekiah takes that letter that is sent to him, spreads it before the Lord. And the Bible says in later on in the chapter where God responds, I have heard. There's some prayer requests I'm praying for right now. You know, it's a comforting thought to know God is always listening if my heart is clean before him. He says, I have heard. All right, number two, though studying God's word can be part of the devotional time, the importance is reading God's word as a spiritual food and then having a separate time for studying after reading. We have to read it as food. Study time is a little bit separate. And so for preachers, it's especially important because you know us, especially if you're a preacher listening, you know how easy it is to be reading along and to be like, oh my goodness, what a thought. And then we pull out every all the resources we have and we begin to study it out and we fail to actually read the Word of God. Here's my recommendation to you, if you're a pastor or if you're a deep studier, 
um, have a seed thought notebook on hand. And uh, I heard this originally from Brother David Sloan. He's out at Golden State, the missionary director out there. was a missionary for a long time in Ukraine. And um, I tell you what, have a seed thought notebook, scribble down that seed thought with the reference, come back to it later and study it during your studying time, and it really helps you to stay on track during your reading time. Number three, keep a pen handy to write down notes as God shares things with you or to underline and circle things. Very important. Take notes while you're reading the Word of God because as He is sharing things with you, you will want to remember them. And by the way, a pen lasts longer than the sharpest mind. Number four, record your reading in some format. Record your reading in some format. Maybe you journal where you read that day. Maybe you fill out a sheet. Maybe you keep a notebook. It's best to record your reading. Just to record what God was doing in your life because one day you'll look back at that and you'll be like, wow, I am so in love with the relationship that I have with my God. And so I have a sheet available that I've given to some of the young men in our church, and it's simply a sheet you fill in what God gave you as a thought for the day, something new that God revealed to you today. Um, where did you read in your Bible? And it's just a basic sheet, but if you'd like that, I can send that to you in a uh, Word document and get that to you. And it's just something that I used for quite a while and I used um, to give to our young men here at the church. So if that's something you're interested in, you can, of course, contact me and I will send that over to you. Number five, every now and then, maybe once a week, send your pastor a text with where you read in your devotions and something you got out of them. Here's the reason why. It will encourage him. It will encourage him. Number six, look for and identify Christ in your daily reading. Now, you may be reading in the Old Testament, but let me tell you something. He is still there. Find him each and every single day because it will be amazing when you write these things down about where Christ was. Even if you just find him one time, even if you just look for him one time, it's amazing where you will see Christ at. By the way, Zechariah chapter 12 tells us that the all-caps Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. All right, Zechariah 12, you can go study that out for yourself. Number seven, learn something new each day. If you ask God, he will show you something that you maybe haven't noticed before. Learn something new each day. Number eight, encourage those around you to do their devotions and read God's Word by starting by starting conversations with others about where they are reading and what they got out of their, out of their devotions. Start up a conversation. Say, hey, where did you read today? What did you get out of the Word of God? And it will inspire them to do their devotions as well. Number nine, always make sure your heart is clean, your mind is pure, and sin is confessed before expecting God to speak to you. Don't go into your Bible time and expect God to talk with you unless your heart is clean. And that's why my recommendation is that your first time in the morning isn't your Bible time. That's just my personal opinion. I recommend that you do your prayer time before your Bible time. That makes sure your heart and mind are clean and pure before God, so that way He can talk directly to you. Number 10, remove distractions while spending time with God. Put your phone on silent. Go somewhere quiet. Um, with Those with kids, you know, it's hard to find somewhere quiet. Get up earlier if necessary. But remove distractions while spending time with God. And then last but not least, if you mess up and miss your time with God in the morning, you got up late, whatever it may be, here's what you do. Simply schedule a time that day as soon as possible to meet with the Lord and simply get back on track from there. It's that simple. Don't get stuck in a rut to where, oh, I missed today and, oh, oh I missed yet, I missed the next day and, 
and three days in a row you miss, no, get back on track. Satan will try to keep you in that rut. Get back on track. And so the necessity for devotions is so important. And our Bible time is so valuable. Make sure you're having a Bible time with God. Review those things we talked about today. Make sure you implement them in your devotional time and see God begin to work. But if I can leave you with the most important thing, let God talk to you. Let God talk to you. Just say, God, if you'll show me things out of your word, I'll let you be my commentator. And that is something so amazing you can do. And God will. God will reveal things to you out of his word that you would have never noticed before. So, the necessity for personal devotions. We've got Bible time. Next week we'll talk about our prayer time with the Lord. Prayer time with the Lord. But until then, let me encourage you. Keep looking up. The Bible says we should keep looking up because, hey, Christ is coming back on the clouds. Amen. Keep looking up and keep stirred up to do something great for the cause of Christ.